1: G'day and welcome to The Call on this Tuesday. 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It is Tuesday, the 19th of October. I'm Andrew Gagan, great that you can join us. Let me uh, introduce our two experts on the show for today. Gary Glover from Novus Capital and Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Great to have you both along for the ride. And uh, how are you looking at the market at the moment, Howard? managing some decent gains today. Uh, We also ended positively yesterday. Of course, lots to consider at the moment. We had those Chinese growth figures out, which um, wasn't particularly well received by the market. We've got US earnings. They're looking pretty good at the moment. Uh, The AGM season upon us in Australia, where we likely to get some guidance. But of course, it's all about inflation at the moment at the same time.
0: Yeah, and in fact, uh, I think there's very little doubt that reserve banks around the world, central banks would prefer inflation to go way above their targets because that'll help inflate away some of the debt that there is around. So they'll probably wait as long as they possibly can before raising interest rates. But of course, when interest rates do start rising, we're very likely to see um, the share prices of many of the incredibly high priced companies uh, start coming down mm. because discount uh, figures that they'll the, the percentages that they'll put in their models at uh, uh, various brokerage houses and advisors um, will be higher. So um, market's quite high at the moment, but in the end, we're not investing in a market. We're investing in individual businesses that happen to be traded on the market. So what the actual market does is a very little relevance to, for example, our Team Invest members. What they're really interested in is uh, this AGM season and what the companies are doing and how they've done since the end of the previous financial year and how they look like they're tracking for the new year yep. because we're actually investing in businesses the market is just there in order for us to trade them if we want to
1: yep it's a good point you make Howard Gary um, I've listened to your commentary recently you're sounding very bearish at the moment Are you maintaining that view
2: yeah I think you've sort of got obvious um yeah, some headwinds coming for earnings. I mean, if you think about, obviously, we've got bond yields moving higher, so obviously inflationary pressures. Um, we know that interest rates are going to move up here at some point as well, probably faster than everyone's anticipating. Um, so just a lot of economic headwinds coming there. Um, also, everyone's got the rose-colored glasses on in terms of economic recovery, so definitely going to be some, some new winners you know, coming out mm-hmm. of lockdowns there. But some of the businesses maybe that have been winning, maybe they're not going to be do as well but we're not really going to know there's, there's a lot of businesses there still not you know you walk into a mall today it might you might sort of notice only 80% of the shops are actually open so what's happening to the other 20% so no we know we don't really sort of know yet because um, all that sort of free stimulus there is going to come to an end soon so that's that's another negative as well so just just see a few headwinds there in terms of earnings and then eventually we're all gonna to have to pay some more taxes there to pay back all this money that um, that we've all been given out across the country there to sort of stimulate so you might sort of just just a few things in the you know in the short in the short term ahead here which are going to cause some headwinds for earnings there so no that's mm. pretty obvious in my regard here and the valuations are pretty high so there's not a lot of room for pressures there
1: okay so yeah you're saying still um the possibility of a pullback or even a correction uh, dare i say a crash because that's a the thing we've been exploring for the last couple of weeks and uh, our regular viewers will be aware of that last week and this week we've asked our guests to come along with their top stocks that they would buy in a significant uh, pullback so we want to know what's on top of their list at the moment um Gary what would you be picking if there was a significant pullback or uh, perhaps we went, went through some sort of major correction
2: yeah I've seen a few of the um, other analysts talking about you know buying defensive sort of you know sort of style stocks in in a correction there but really you know if if you do get a really aggressive sell-off in a a crash as you call it what you actually want to be doing is actually buying some beta so you want to you want to buy the stocks that are actually going to outperform on the upside so it's not after the market's crash, it's not the time to be buying sort of safety it's usually trying to buy sort of the maybe the high growth sort of stuff stuff that's actually going to give you a bit of leg so things like sort of macquarie and um you know even like janice hennison but i've i've sort of chosen gear here today which is like a uh, and a geared ETF. So if you really think you're at the at the at the bottom of the barrel and you've you know, hit the low, then you really want to get a bit of beta. So I think the, the gear is a geared up funneling it's like fifty to sixty percent sort of geared up. So um if the market rallied say five or ten percent off the lows, then you're you're getting probably, you know, double to yeah, you know, two point two times that or something. So you're just getting a bit more leverage on a on a basket of uh of the market.
1: Mm okay so it's the hedge fund the beta shares so
0: gear australian equity howard what's your pick yeah well the main thing that you want to look for if there's any sort of a crash is the kind of company that the share price drops a lot but their competitors are weaker and are likely to go broke gary mentioned a very interesting thing and i've noticed similarly that if you go to the mall some of the shops are still closed now in all the years i ran a business whenever one of our competitors closed We opened a bottle of champagne and had a party. Um, It's not bad news because your competitors go broke. It's actually very good news because it means their market share comes to you or to you and the remaining survivors. So that's what you're really looking for. So the company that I've um, chosen is Credit Corp. Credit Corp tends to move um, very much more than the market moves. So when the market crashed in uh, March, April last year, as an example, and the GFC was similar, it share price absolutely plummeted it was about thirty four dollars before uh, March and it got down to six dollars and one cent so um, it went down by something like four-fifths in that time now um, it was the strongest company in its field so it certainly wasn't going to be one of those that was going to suffer or go broke or if it suffered it was only going to suffer very temporarily until its competitors went broke same thing again now So Credit Corp, largely a misunderstood company, market doesn't really understand it very well at all, Um, but a a company with enormous potential to grow more rapidly because it's likely to lose even more competitors than it lost in March, April last year. So uh, if the market really plunged a lot, Credit Corp would probably plunge even more than the market and that'd be a great time to buy because everybody would be worried people won't pay their debts, Um, but of course, being the strongest company in the field, they'll be the ones that profit the most out of it. So my choice would be Credit Corp.
1: Credit Corp from Howard. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to our uh, 10 picks of the day. And uh, Gary, let's uh, start with you. The first one is about this theme of the electrification of the world. This one coming to us from... George, uh, he says uh, IGO. He likes it because it's geared to that electrification of the world theme. It's—is uh, it a good long-term buy, or do you have an alternative? Of course, we're talking about its exposure to nickel and copper.
2: Yeah, look, I'm just a little concerned about the, the heat in this sector, there, Andrew. I think uh, it's obviously got the lithium space there for IGO, also the nickel, copper, cobalt. So we've just seen commodities really on fire at the moment. Um, I think from a seasonal point of view, we're probably Hitting a bit of sort of you know normal sort of seasonality, sort of strength, um, sort of normal sort of peak of the year. But this sector in particular has, has been on fire here. So, I just look, I, I there's a real sort of mix in the in the broken community there. We've sort of got five strong buys, we've got four holds, and we've got a couple of strong sells as well. So, um, the valuations everything from sort of 1220 to 825. So, there's a real disparity in, in opinions on, on where we are in the cycle there. Um, but if we look at the earnings, I think, um yeah, you know, we're on about 25 times, um, 23. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, projected earnings per share. So, still, st- still, you know, you're pricing in a lot, of, you know, a lot of good news here. So, I just think this is pretty risky up here. So, look, I know there's momentum there at the moment. Maybe you know, commodities are on fire here, so maybe it goes higher here. But I, I just too risky for me to be buying here. I think um, these sort of stocks here, they,
1: mm.
2: they, they can easily pull back pretty quickly. So, just too much risky. No, not not really a safe entry point for me.
1: Okay, but if you own it, you'd be holding
2: uh yeah just sort of i'd just be, be sort of managing um the stop there just sort of if you you know if you've got strong momentum behind you you, you stay with it but um but yeah you just got to sort of keep edging your stop up as you go higher just because okay. the, the stock like these ones here once they once the 10 trend tends to break then they tend to end really abruptly
1: all right okay uh warning there from gary howard how are you looking at
0: this sector and in particular igo at the moment yeah i mean uh, uh We keep hearing talk about all sorts of uh, resources that are going to do wonderfully because of, um, and there's always a because of, uh, and, you know, I mean, I've been following resource uh, type businesses, been interested in them for over 50 years, and there's always been a because of, but the thing you really want to know is, are these management, the people running this business, really good at running a business profitably? And in the case of IGO, you couldn't say that, because... If you look at their return on equity over the last 10 years, despite the big steel boom in China, which would use enormous amounts of nickel, so that was one of the, it's going to do well because of the steel boom in China, its return on equity is really only averaged about 3 or 4% a year for the last several years. And as Gary says, it's on a very high PE, the time to buy resource stocks is when everybody says resources are on their nose, they're going to do badly, things that doom and gloom, that's the time to buy resource stocks. When when you're buying resource stocks because you're reading things about how wonderful it's going to be for them, you've got to look very, very carefully at the business. And in fact, I think the viewer asked, is there one we've got as a better recommendation? And we've got one coming up later in the show. I know that would be a far better one if you're interested in the electrification of the world.
1: Okay, you're teasing us with that one. We'll get to that, of course. Um, so howard
0: it's not a buy is it a holder Uh, uh, if you held it my best advice would be sell it and use the money somewhere better (laughs) you don't want to be invested in one of the poorer companies in a sector in in any sector it doesn't matter what what the sector is whether the news is good or bad you want to be invested in a company that's one of the strongest companies in the sector because who they're competing against is not the market it's against the other people in the same sector. And if they're one of the weak ones in the sector and their return on equity is low in good times, their return on equity will be even worth worse than bad times.
1: Mm. All right. Okay. So that is the view on IGO. To our second stock, and we're turning to Fisher & Paykel. Um, now, you, the first thought is Fridges, but of course they've pivoted essentially. They're very much into... Uh, uh, respiratory technology at the moment. And Howard, we're going to start with you because um, this one coming to us from Trevor, he's asked you specifically if you can comment on this. Love to hear your thoughts on the company. What are they? Sure.
0: Pleasure, Andrew. Yeah, this is Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, so they've got nothing to do with fridges at all. They're only in healthcare. And um, it's the the um, they do CPAP devices, but they also, the bigger part of their business is supplying hospitals with airflow for patients in operating theatres and so on, humidified airflow. And um, they've, of course, been huge beneficiaries of COVID with hospitals that hadn't bothered or surgeons that had never used their devices before, suddenly finding that these devices uh, significantly improved patient outcomes. Now, of course, they've got that huge boost, which probably brought forward a lot of orders so hospitals have stopped up with a lot of the equipment so they had a wonderful year in 2021 it's a great company altogether by the way its return on equity has been over 20% for over the, for the last nine years now that's fabulous and that's the, the first sign of a real wealth winner earnings have been growing debts low so it's got all the right characteristics share price probably a little bit high at the moment simply because um, earnings shot up so much in 2021, but that's unlikely to be sustainable because a lot of orders for their devices that probably would have been spread over a couple of years have probably been brought forward. The good thing from their point of view, though, and their shareholders' point of view, is that more and more surgeons have now realised how valuable their products are um, when you're operating and how much better outcomes they give for patients. So... Um, you know, at the moment, probably a little bit expensive. Brilliant company, and if the share price just came down to something like about twenty-six odd dollars, so that the PE ratio was a bit more reflective of earnings this coming year rather than the especially high earnings this past year, um, I think you'd find a lot of Team Invest members um, jumping in at the twenty-five, twenty-six dollar range.
1: Okay, so uh, not a buy at the moment, but certainly, as you say, at that level, twenty-five or twenty-six a buy there from Howard. Gary, what's your view?
2: Yeah, pretty similar to Howard there, actually. I mean, it has been a great business in the past here. Just, uh, yeah, had a had a cracking, uh, you know, 2020 there. Just see that sort of 22, 23 sort of, uh, you know, forecast earnings. there are going to be pretty flat there just because we're, you know, we're going to see a natural tapering off there. So it is on around sort of 46, 47 times. So that does make it a little pricey. So... Um, yeah, I just agree with how they're just probably going to taper off here. I think here um, the next kind of year or two. Yeah, you know, yeah, probably for me, I'd probably want to sort of see it under under 25, maybe closer to 24 dollars might be sort of uh, more interesting. But um, good business just needs to sort of come back to a more um, yeah you know, more attractive uh, price.
1: Okay, but if you did manage to get in earlier, then um, you'd be you'd be sticking to it. You'd be holding it
2: uh yeah happy to buy the business but just at a lower price so pretty, yeah. uh, like like howard they're saying i, mean, I think having mentioned 26 i'd probably just be slightly lower than that maybe 24 25 but um yeah just looking for us probably probably a better price point
1: okay
0: and Andrew, right. i should possibly just add i do own the stock and have owned it for years um and i'd be only too happy to buy some more as i said but at a lower price than it currently is
1: okay all right that's uh fisher and pico let's move on to capital this one coming to us from lisa um so she's saying it's uh, entered her value and momentum filters uh, so what are the views just as far as this small cap business is concerned gary yeah now should mention in- too of course this is all about um it's an australian aluminium product manufacturer and we've just seen where that aluminium price is going at the moment
2: yes yeah, so that's that's obviously one of the underlying concerns of the business so mm. um if you look at the numbers on, you know, purely on their own, um, we're on a P of around four, the yield's around 8%. So so looking at the filters looks pretty attractive, um, but it has been a pretty... If you look... I'm sure Howard will group me here. If you look at their sort of sales and the uh, revenue and the earnings there, that been largely pretty flat <laughs> over that period there. There's been a few sort of uh, up and down periods, but probably the only thing which has improved there is probably the margins in the last four or five years in the business. So probably... Um, the sales line's pretty much been flat really for the last five years, but they've been able to sort of probably just keep streamlining the business so they can make slightly better margins. But it is a business that does go through little cycles there. And I I guess the big concern there is that you've seen that um, the aluminium price and chart, as you mentioned, has gone through the roof there. So that that could cause a few issues for the business if they're having to pay a higher price there. So, um, look, it's had a pretty good period here. Obviously, the building sector's um, on fire currently currently. Definitely better business the last three or four years than it was maybe the prior four or five years before that. But um, yeah, just just too tricky here. Just sometimes when you see these sort of high yields and low um, PEs, that can be sort of top of the cycle. We saw it with BHP and Rio Fortescue here just probably uh, six weeks ago. Um, typically, when the sort of mining stocks sort of you know have, have those numbers there, that's sort of top of the cycle, top of the cycle sort of stuff. So. Um, yeah it looks okay but I just I think there's a lot of risk there um, that's probably not obvious in the in the stats
1: okay is there any price where you'd take a look at it or are you just sort of pretty much avoiding it at this point
2: yeah pretty much avoid at this point yeah
1: yep okay fair enough Gary Howard what's your view uh,
0: yeah, um, yeah as Gary says it's earnings all over the place now the massive increase in aluminium prices is both positive a positive and a negative for them and I don't know the company well enough to know which will outweigh uh, which one. Uh, On the positive side, it means for customers who have no choice but to buy the aluminium products like window frames and so on, if there's no potential substitution, that's wonderful because suddenly you pass on that extra price, you pay more for the aluminium, but you pass that on to your customer and your revenue goes up. And even if you're making the same 3% margin or so, which is the average margin... Um, you're getting three percent on a higher number, so that's wonderful. On the other hand, if it causes customers to say, "Well, in that case, we won't use aluminium. We'll use, say, timber window frames, or steel window frames, or some other form of window frames and various other products, um, not only window frames, but I mean, uh, uh, I use that just as an example," then that substitution is bad for them. So it depends on how much pricing power do they have? Do their customers have to buy aluminium? If so, this is wonderful news for them. If not, it's very bad news for them. But uh, I wouldn't, and Team Invest members, wouldn't consider this company, even the newest just joined Team Invest member, um, would look at their return on equity and say, it's only had two years in 10, where it's had return on equity more than 10%. It's had three years that it's made a loss out of 10 years. It's not a company we'd even consider to uh, uh, discuss in any of our team invest meetings.
1: All right. Um, that's uh, fairly conclusive. I think then you are unavoid on that one as well, Howard. All right. That is capital. At least I hope that answers your question. Okay. On to our fourth stock. This one is high pages suggested by Gina. It is that online platform, uh, which essentially connects uh, tradies with customers and um, just its latest figures: uh, revenue up nineteen percent, earnings or well, EBITDA ninety one percent higher. Howard, are you seeing positives in High Pages?
0: Well, it's a terrific service to use. My sons bought a new son and daughter-in-law bought a new house a little while ago, and they've used High Pages a number of times. And uh, if I need a tradie, I'm sure I will too. However, um, sales up and revenue up is only valuable if profit is made and profits up because as a shareholder you share in the profits you don't share in the revenue and you don't share in the number of sales you share in the profits of the company and this company has only been listed a very short time and so far uh, on its reports that it's given to the asx it's never made a profit and um, when you're giving things away for less than they cost you in other words you're making a loss and that's why you make a loss you selling your service or your product for less than it costs you that's not a good sign for shareholders so the chances are if they carry on doing that they'll have to raise more capital from their shareholders and um, we as team invest members like it that when we give money to a company or to somebody else to buy shares in the company we want them to give us money we don't want to be giving them money uh, thereafter so uh, a definite no from us but it's a wonderful service and uh, I hope they do well, but if they're not profitable, they, they'll eventually disappear.
1: Yeah, well, it's interesting. What do you think, Howard, more generally the sector? Because you've got the competitor there in the similar sort of space in Airtasker. Do you share the same opinion?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the, the key for a shareholder always is, is the company profitable? If the company isn't profitable, that's the first filter that you can reject a company from. Now, that doesn't mean you can't sometimes buy a company for a lower price and sell the shares later on for a higher price, but that's a mugs game. That's a a case of hoping there's a bigger fool around the corner. Um, If you're a a real investor, you only buy into companies that are profitable and this one isn't. So I I wish them success. It sounds like a wonderful service, but uh, uh, I wouldn't put my money into a business that isn't profitable and team invest members. That's one of our standard philosophies
1: okay fair enough howard uh like the uh, the service but not the business as such gary your thoughts
2: yeah it's probably a little early here actually as well i mean sometimes these business can get a bit more scale and then they we, we i think we made a tiny profit there on the last um result there but you know still still pretty early days there what are we almost 500 mil market cap and well, we do 55 million revenue, so you know just under 10 times revenue at the moment. But you know, I think what do we have? 1 million, 1.2 million in NPAT, so not not too much profit there yet. Um, Trading on big multiples there. What sort of? I think 86 times uh, 23 earnings, which is sort of that's they're all basically expecting earnings to double in the last in the next year. So that's that's forecasting fairly strong growth. So business is definitely growing there. Probably not as much as I would like to see from a disruptor. If I saw a disruptor like this, I'd probably like to see a bit more, you know, stronger growth than that 19%. So, um, but to me, it's sort of probably just one to sort of keep an eye on, you know, at this stage, the valuation looks a little bit pricing and a little bit too much success. Um, But I'm with Howard. You'd like to see a bit more sort of earnings coming through there. So if they can get a bit more scale, is that going to reflect a bit better on the balance sheet and uh, and the profit?
1: Okay. So, uh, well, a definite no from Howard, but um, you're just watching it then at this point.
2: Yes, yeah, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't be buying here now. I think the valuation is pretty high, um, but it's it's one that I, I never say never. If uh, twelve yeah. months from now, obviously we you know earnings you know, had had improved substantially and the revenue line was you know, was 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 much higher. We're getting a bit of scale there and turning into the profit. Then, yeah, definitely could be something. It's an interesting mm. business. So, um, um, has had some traction, but not not as much traction as I would like to have seen. So yeah. uh, it's just a watch from me. Yeah,
1: I, I might put the same question to you as I did to, to Howard then, with a similar sort of business in Airtasker. I mean, do you, you see then the merit in these businesses and perhaps, as you say, it's early days?
2: It is there. Unfortunately, some of these businesses, um, you know, as, f- as a few good analysts have been on Ausbiz, uh, have said in the past or in the last few months, is that the margins are pretty tight. So um, you know, good businesses sort of usually have attractive margins. So... These businesses' are margins are pretty, so you really need scale. Yeah. So if you're running sort of tight margins, you need to so this. You really need to sort of prove that you can get scale, or you're on you're on track to get scale. Um, so we've got to do that here first. So I think both those businesses are really going to prove some scale first before. Um, cause just because they're operating at lower margins.
1: Okay, thanks, Gary. Um, Gary, let's move to uh, back to minerals, in particular lithium, or a cobra. Paul suggesting this one it is a, a one we've done a number of times i think uh on the call your thoughts
2: uh see so yeah, this so oracle was obviously acquired galaxy recently so mm. um big obviously lithium player and um yeah and boron um got that sort of in i was in argentina again it sort of had a pretty hot run here and um, it's not the most speculative business it's probably you know after mineral resources there it's probably one of the probably possibly sort of next best sort of company in that space. Um, But we're on some big numbers there. I think, you know, earnings expecting about 11 cents this year, maybe 20 cents next year. So that's still on about 42 times next year's earnings. So, um, yeah, just the one thing I've noticed technically was that um, the last pullback was one of the largest corrections in this trend. So if we think about this, the stock's been running up for quite some time here. The last pullback, um, I think it was two dollars thirty in size there. What, what that what that means is just it was bigger than any other correction previous to that. So, in a in a normal sort of strong trend, each pullback should be just sort of uniform or be or be similar. When you sort of have the largest correction after you've had a bit of a run there, that that's always a point. Yeah, it's always something to be nervous about just because it's what they call like an overbalance of the trend potentially. So, for me, there's some risk here. The the fact that the the sector's on fire, as we said earlier, that sector is definitely there's a lot of heat in there. So. Too much risk here for me. It's, um, I, I think this sector is probably closer to a sell.
0: Howard, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, uh, not necessarily the sector. We never look at sectors. We look at individual companies because in every sector they're well-run businesses and badly-run businesses. But this one isn't a well-run business. Seven out of ten years, it's lost money. So it may well be a big lithium producer with big lithium reserves, but it doesn't have much of an ability to actually extract them profitably and sell them in a way in which it makes money for shareholders. Um, Gary mentioned that uh, after mineral resources, it's regarded by many as the next best in the sector. But mineral resources makes money every year. It makes a profit year after year after year and has been growing its profits and becoming a bigger and bigger and more successful business. This one um, really makes a profit three years out of 10. Um, But it always sounds wonderful. It's always going to be making enormous amounts of money. So, you know, any company that's losing money seven out of 10 years um, is definitely not the sort of thing you want in your portfolio if you're looking to be a long-term investor. So um, Team Invest members, again, would look at this and say, forget it, what are we even looking at it for?
1: Okay, I think that's fairly definitive then. Uh, Interesting that you guys keep mentioning mineral resources because we will be talking about that Very shortly. All right. Let's uh, summarise the uh, the first uh, five stocks. In fact, uh, we began with stocks for a crash. Uh, Gary picking beta shares geared Australian equity. That's uh, the the hedge fund, G E A R. And um, Howard going for uh, credit corp. There, um, essentially saying um, you know that that would likely fall uh, significantly. Uh, We're where we've come to a crash, but he's looking at the competitors and saying that uh, Credit Corp is the pick of the bunch. All right, to our five stocks picked by our viewers. Uh, The first one, IGO. And uh, this, of course, in in nickel and copper. Uh, Gary's saying the sector's on fire at the moment. He is concerned, uh, looking a little risky. No broker consensus there. They're all over the shop, essentially. So he's avoiding it. Uh, Howard pretty much slept a cell on it, uh, saying the return on equity is just averaging 3 to 4%, uh, and you'd be buying, essentially, at the peak. Fisher & Paykel Healthcare. Uh, Howard, a great company, return on equity there, 20% on uh, average. Um, although he's saying it is looking a little expensive at the moment. If it came back to about $25, $26, it would be a buy in Howard's book. Uh, Gary also saying perhaps even if it came down to 24 that would certainly... A buy he's a little concerned though with flat earnings growth uh capital the next one there this is uh, aluminium we're seeing with those aluminium prices just extraordinary at the moment where they're heading uh he's saying it does look attractive though he's concerned about where those uh aluminium prices are heading does see some risk there uh howard also uh concerned about just on the return on equity there uh, a loss for three years, uh, he's uh, not considering it. Essentially, it is an avoid from both Gary and Howard for capital. High pages, um, Howard's saying it never made a profit. So, in one word, no, he's not, not considering it. Uh, Gary's saying, essentially, look, this is too early for the company. Uh, valuation's looking a little pricey, and it is a no also from Gary. And uh, our fifth one there, Oricobra, which we've just done, uh, it is in that lithium space, of course. Gary's saying it is a bit risky uh, because the sector overall is looking pretty hot at the moment. And uh, Howard, well, he's uh, pretty blunt about it, not a well-run business in his view, uh, racking up a a loss seven out of 10 years. So it is a sell from his point of view. All right, now, here on the call, of course, we've got our own portfolio we've been tracking since July 1st last year, thanks to our partners, NAB Trade. Uh, All the stocks that get a two thumbs up or a buy from both of our experts on the show go into the portfolio. And if a stock that's already in the portfolio comes up again and receives a unanimous hold from both guests, it also remains in the portfolio. So... Let's check in, see how we are performing weekly. We're up around two and a quarter percent on the month, just a little bit more than that, two and three quarters. And year to date, since this is since July first, two thousand and twenty-one, I should say, we are up seven and a half percent. And since its inception, that's July one last year, we're up a healthy forty-five percent. Taking a look at those stocks we've recently added. Uh, Ingham's, WiseTech Global, 360 Capital, Whitehaven Coal and HTE. and And the stocks we've pulled out of there because we can't get consensus are uh, PointsBet, Sandfire Resources, Adairs and Nick Scarly. And you can check all the stocks and ETFs we have in the course portfolio by heading to osbizco forward slash portfolio and we'll be updating you every day here on the call with how it's tracking. Okay, now let's get into the second part of the show. We get to our sixth stock. There, this one coming to us from Sam would like an assessment of Adore Beauty. Gary, your thoughts there? We're jumping all over the shop from uh, from resources now into uh, into beauty. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, it's a sort of tough one here, actually. Adore, so it's it's pretty early. They're only sort of uh, listed in what, October last year, so we've literally got twelve months of um, operation there. So. The result hasn't sort of been so good there so far. And um, even though I did see the update, you know, the revenue line has improved up 25% from the previous year. But end of the day, the, the float there was around, what, 6.75 and the share price has sort of gone down um, sort of since then. Um, but the only thing I'll sort of say is that the, the, the stock did sort of bounce here off that sort of May low into July. And since then, it's sort of flatlined. So it's actually sort of stopped going down, which is... <laughs> So that that's a positive there. That basically the it sort of stopped trending down. Obviously, we've got a bit of a positive update here just recently in the last week here, talking about um, revenue line starting to improve here. So some positive signs there. Chart looks pretty good, but um, yeah, enough is it's still pretty unclear there in terms of earnings and stuff there at the moment. So you know you're really sort of um, yeah investing in the dark a little bit here. But look, I I actually don't mind it actually, but um, yeah I think um look yeah I think in that mid fours I think it's probably yeah probably worth a look but it, it is it's probably a bit more risk than um than you might be wanting to take here there's probably better stocks out there, i guess at the end of the day
1: all right, but you do see a potential buy there
2: yeah actually i i think it actually looks okay I think it actually the trend has actually started to sort of stop stop trending down, and I think this recent update is is sort of positive, so just be whether the sort of the company can kind of back up this sort of last update and whether that, that trend continues. Um, I really don't know what sort of margins in the business. All I could sort of see there was they're pretty light on so far. But, um, you know, if, if the next report's pretty good and the margins improve, then, uh, yeah, it could, could could be uh, quite good. But just looks a bit undervalued here at the moment. I think it's what we're 460 mil revenue in a market cap and, a, and the revenue line's around 63.8 mils. So that's quite a bit more than some of the others we looked at. So it's probably about seven or eight times um, the revenue line, so slightly better valuation, but yeah, it's, it's the hub, and I don't, it's not, not, not a business that I'm totally, totally over, but it's definitely one that I'd probably, um, have a look at here, do a bit more homework on it, because, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously under the, uh, the IPO price, so, um, yeah, and looks, looks to be sort of stabilizing here, probably after a bit of a tough period coming on the market in COVID as well, so that hasn't been easy for anyone, so yeah.
1: Okay, that's a door beauty. That's um, so, Gary. I th- getting the sense you're just a little confused by it at the moment, but you, you you're willing to take a look at it.
2: I yeah, I guess it's it's not a no for me because it's definitely it's one that I've put on my radar to have a closer mm. look at because I think the price action looks encouraging.
1: Okay,
0: Howard, your thoughts? Um, we in Team Invest, our members never look at any company unless it's had at least four years of listed uh, company history and profits because in the end businesses are run by people and the only way you can tell that management is really capable of generating profits for shareholders is when you have several years of listed history and see that they've been able to generate profits for shareholders and this company it's far too new for us to be able to see that as gary says it's off to uh, business wise i'm not talking about the share price the business is at least off to a little bit of an encouraging start in that it made a very tiny profits in its first year of listed history there are an enormous number of newly listed companies that don't make a profit at all so that looks a little bit promising but uh, if you come and ask us in about four years time we'll have probably had a look at it for the first time by then and uh, i may have something more intelligent to say but the history of newly listed companies is that very very few of them indeed ever turn out to be wealth winners Um, in in fact if you uh, bought into every new listing um your average return in five years later would be appallingly low uh, probably negative so uh, uh definitely not one that we would uh consider um, uh, among our team invest members but it does at least look better than some of the other new listings
1: Okay, you haven't completely ruled it out, but certainly not now is the is the point you're making there, Howard. Okay, that is the analysis of Adore Beauty. Let's move on to our next one. Atlas Arteria, this is the Toll Road developer, uh, coming to us from Alex, and in fact, uh, Alex saying... Um, I'm interested to hear the panel's view. Uh, The business was obviously negative impacted by COVID. It seems, however, this is a business that could benefit from a reopening trade and potentially also a higher inflation environment, given it's a toll
0: company. Uh, So, Howard, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, definitely it's been affected by COVID. But even before COVID, it was making very little in the way of profits. Its return on equities was incredibly low. Even before COVID started, it was 2%. In 2018 was the return on equity. So um, uh, it doesn't pass any of our filters. It's, uh, you know, uh, return on equity is far too low. Uh, Earnings have dropped in the last little while, but yes, that's understandable with COVID. Uh, Got a bit of debt, but not all that much debt for the kind of business that it is. These companies tend to normally have enormous amounts of debt but um you know uh, yes it will probably do better after covid than during covid but it wasn't doing very well before covid either so uh, uh you know it wouldn't be one that we would be at all interested in looking at
1: harry do you agree
2: um yeah sort of yeah i mean i am probably slightly more encouraging there so i i <laughs> do think actually the 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 it'll be um the reopening trade will be good for this business. So, um, but yeah, I agree with how there's probably better businesses in there. But some of those are, uh, you know, currently under M&A activity. So, a lot of assets in this sort of, you know, these infrastructure assets have been sort of uh, have been have been in play. So, although this one doesn't sort of yield the same sort of returns as, um, like, a Sydney Airports, for, um, for argument's sake, that. Um, yeah, but I mean, like I don't, I don't mind it. It's not, it's not super cheap, um, but it's not expensive either. And I think it will probably bounce here with, um, with the recovery trade. Um, the interest rates is actually, you know, if rates actually go up here, that that's probably going to be slightly negative for uh, the tie rides because obviously your, your, your borrowings, you know, obviously. Uh, cost of sort of uh you know cost of sort of borrowings will sort of go up sort of slightly so they do impact sort of um, you yes, know slight negative their interest rates being higher for the uh, for the toll roads but I agree I think it's um you know is in, definitely in that recovery sort of trade but <sighs> probably there are better recovery trades than this one I think
1: all right. Alex also makes the point. Do you, do you, is there possibility because it has exposure in France that uh, the, the company would be punished in retaliation for that AUKUS fallout?
2: Yeah, can't see that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I saw, sort of French, German, in the US. So no, nah, I think they'd be pretty, um, pretty secure those sort of contracts. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. All
1: right. That is Atlas Arteria. Next one. Now, don't disappoint me, gentlemen, with this one, because you've already spoken of it. Uh, It sounds as though you're liking the business. Mineral resources. Uh, This one coming to us from Ross. uh, He said, the share price is down a disappointing... um, Well, it's down about 19% since uh, over the past month has come back. It is, uh, as we mentioned, in that lithium space. Um, Gary?
2: Uh, Yeah, actually, I'll probably... um, Probably going to leave this one to Howard here, but I was just going to agree with Howard. I'm sure Howard's going to say yes, so uh, I'll say yes.
1: Well, hang on, hang on. Okay, so, let's let's do Howard first, then, and then yeah. Gary. Well, it's had, and your had response.
2: a big had a big correction in price here as well. So it's a great yeah. business, and it's it has sort of cooled off here from what $65 back to $42. So um, you know, you do. Unfortunately, that's what you got to do. Well, you got to buy these good businesses when they've had a decent decent sort of pullback here. So um, so for me, it's actually you know looking pretty encouraging and look maybe go slightly lower here but we've got to be pretty close i think
1: come on i want i want a definitive answer is it a buy
2: i'm 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 happy to happy to be a buy yeah all
1: right okay we got a buy that's very good um okay howard your thoughts
0: yeah i mean greatest business in its field uh, um there are a number of reasons for that which i'll come back to in a minute but just uh, giving a couple of details about it it's really three businesses in one. The main part of the business is a mining services business where it gets paid a certain amount of dollars per tonne crushed for doing the crushing for um, Rio BHP uh, and, and lots of smaller miners as well. So it does the crushing and the more efficiently it can crush, the more money it makes because it gets paid a fixed number of dollars per crushing a tonne crushed and it's continually improving its technology. And making better modular uh, crushing plants that enable it to do it better so that's the main business extraordinarily innovative very clever people the second part of the business is they also produce some of their own iron ore and of course they've had a huge boost uh, until a couple of months ago in that the iron ore price was say extraordinarily high and the third thing is they uh, making money out of lithium so those are the three things but why this business is such an extraordinarily good business is its remuneration structures are really geared for the kind of business that it's in. Management earn um, bonuses on their long-term incentive scheme through having high return on invested capital. And seeing as they're always investing capital of shareholders, it's the thing we as shareholders and owners of the business would like them to be remunerated according to. Now, the Australian Shareholders Association and various proxy advisors don't like this, And regularly whinge that they ought to fit the normal cookie cutter thing of total shareholder return um, which means the management actually has no real effect on the results of the company they just get a bonus if the market went up and and don't get a bonus if the market goes down but um, you know this particular company uh is very carefully thought through in terms of how can it manage to run its business really well? And it's gone from nowhere. I mean, it's not, it hasn't been listed all that long. It's only about uh, 16 or 17 years old, I think, listed on the stock exchange. And most of our members bought it uh, well below $10. Uh, many of us at prices like $3.50. So we've done extraordinarily well out of it. It's one of my biggest holdings. Um, at its current price probably a little bit on the expensive side in that the iron ore price is still high, lithium prices are high, and the time to buy this is when everybody's talking negatively about it. But it is a great business, and uh, if you're prepared to hold it for the long term, even at these prices, you'll probably do well. But I wouldn't be adding to mine now, simply because it's already one of my biggest holdings uh, in my personal portfolio. But most team invest members own it, and they've been extraordinarily happy with it over time.
1: Okay, so not personally, then you wouldn't be buying it. You're certainly holding it. But if someone doesn't have it in their portfolio, should they be buying it at these levels?
0: Well, it's probably a little on the pricey side at these levels, but um, it's such a well run business that if you're prepared to buy it and perhaps land up saying a little while later, maybe could have got a little bit cheaper. um, When you look back in five or 10 years time, you'll say, wow, I've done extraordinarily well out of this particular company. Um, I mean, you, you know, they, they they pay out huge dividends as well. Um, so, you know, just an exceptionally well-run business. And that's what we're looking for mm-hmm. as investors yeah. because we're sharing in the profits of the business. And if if there wasn't a stock market and there were a whole bunch of companies available for sale, you know, all the shops down a particular street in your suburb, and they all had a sign up saying, would anybody like to buy a share in my company? The first question you'd ask them is are you profitable and the second question you'd want to know is how well run it is this business can i come and have a look at how well you run it yeah. and if the answers to either of those were bad you wouldn't invest in it and mineral resources the answer to both of those are good all right i'm putting a buy on
1: it then from your point of view maybe not personally but more generally i reckon that's yeah, a... that's fair enough. yeah okay I was, great i was gonna all say
2: right. um Andrew, on that mineral resources as well yeah. so it's effectively gone from $12 mm. up to $65 in the last two years. So around $39 would be about a 50% retracement in price. So yeah. basically you have sort of halved of that range, which would be a big level there. So anywhere sort of, you know, $39 to $41 is probably, in my opinion, that, that that's the sort of buy zone.
1: All which right. We're just a little bit above Pretty that close. at the yeah. moment. Okay. Our next one, Alcidian. This one coming to us from Katie. This is a remote patient monitoring uh, platform. Howard?
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's a great business, a great idea, but um, so far uh, the company has never made a profit. Now, it seems like this was one of these um, reverse listings because it was originally a resource company, um, this particular company. So it's possible that the figures I'm looking at include the time when it was a resource company, but so far it hasn't made a profit. So I wish it well. What it's doing for patients sounds like it's valuable. What it's doing for doctors and so on sounds like it's valuable. So I hope it does succeed, but no, you know, we wouldn't even vaguely look at it in team invest because it isn't profitable. So, uh, so far uh, it, it, it looks like more of a story than a business, but at least it sounds like a very positive and nice story.
1: Okay. All right, at least you're honest about it. Gary, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, let's look, I think it's interesting business there. It's um, it's got a big market cap for for being such a small company there. So 366 um, mil market cap, and the full year revenue was around about 26 mil. So that's you know what 15 times revenue. So pretty pretty big numbers. But the, the positive here is that the revenue line um, was up around 39% for the year. So it is growing pretty quickly. Um, each sort of contract there as well is um, is quite incremental. Um, obviously, you've got with this sort of uh, software, sort of costs as well. Um, each new sort of contract you bring on there, um, you know, the, the 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 extra costs are pretty minimal. So I saw like the last contract there was about one point eight million over over three years there. So to keep sort of winning some contracts along those sort of lines, there um, could be could could do quite well here longer term. I I just sort of think here that prices run pretty hot just because of the outlooks pretty uh, pretty bullish on the company, but you're pricing in a lot of success here already. So I think you'll see price probably drift back a bit. You know, maybe maybe it'll come back to $0.30 cents and it, maybe it'll it'll drift back over the next six to nine months. But it's definitely one company to keep an eye on here because I think if the if the growth rate sort of does kick on, maybe um, we'll get some profit there for Howard and then um, it might sort of come on the radar. But it's still pretty early, just probably got ahead of itself here in price, but mm. definitely a business to watch here. I think I'd probably want to see a little bit more time elapse, price come back a bit um and see another uh another result here. if we get another sort of uh result which shows a similar sort of growth there definitely one to keep an eye on here for the longer haul so it's a pretty interesting sort of uh, that software space there and that um, um in that sort of healthcare is, uh, is is pretty pretty strong domain but okay just a big big val here
1: all right keep an eye on it finally brickworks from this one coming to us from ali uh, building products, uh, specifically, as the name suggests, uh, certainly produces bricks. Gary, and I guess particularly where we're at, you've got to consider where we're at as far as the construction industry is uh, concerned and the broader economy?
2: Yes, I mean, look, everything's going right for Brickworks at the moment. Obviously, the construction is, is strong. Um, also, they've got their sort of uh, their JV with sort of Goodmans around the sort of warehousing sort of growth as well. They do the, They provide the land, provide the customer service relationship so that um so the business is, is humming so it's going fantastically well um, doing all the right things but we're trading on around 22 times 22 and I think about 21 times 23 earnings so that's pretty high so historically the stocks traded between about uh, 11 and 19 and a half times so we're sitting outside of the normal 10-year band in terms of where they trade historically but it's just very expensive here because it is going really well. So it's just it's just difficult because that's sort obviously of just mean you're pricing all the good news here at the moment. So that's that's mm-hmm. the reason why I wouldn't touch it. But great business, doing everything right, but um, you're having to pay for the privilege of doing everything right here. It's quite obvious. So it's just there's no no room for um, you know, for, for share price appreciation in my view. So it's um, yeah I can't buy it.
0: Okay, Howard. Yeah, I mean, another one of these really great businesses, Brickworks and Sol Patterson, who are interlinked in that, they each own quite a bit of shares in one another, um, are the two companies that, as far as I know, have gone the longest time on the ASX without ever reducing their dividend. They've either maintained or increased their dividend every year for some astronomical number of years, both Brickworks and Sol Patterson. Uh, One of them over 40 years, one of them nearly 30 years, I forget which is which, but both of them, it's just absolutely superb. Um, Some of the same directors, the Milners are uh, are either chair or on the board in both companies, I think uh, chair both companies. And like all good businesses, they run by management or boards who are really, really focused on generating shareholder returns. Now, as Gary says, and as you said earlier, Andrew, Um, You know, they've had tailwinds in the building industry here, but their growth is more likely to come in the U.S., where they've now been buying up um, other um, sort of more old-fashioned brick uh, production facilities in the U.S., putting in more modern technology, building them up, and building up market share in parts of the U.S. Now, that market, of course, is many, many times the size of Australia, and that's probably where most of their growth is going to come from. I'd agree with Gary that the share price is a little bit high at the moment. But again, it's such a good company that um, with it being just a little bit higher than and PE being a little bit higher than one would probably like. Um, it's the kind of company, again, that if you bought it and you owned it for five or 10 years, you'd be really, really happy. Um, probably, uh, you know, I mean, if, if, if I was going to be buying it, I'd probably like the share price to come down or the PE to come down a little bit from where it currently is. So, uh, you know, it's varied in share price between 17 and $26 this year. So if it was somewhere around in the middle of that, around about 21 or so, uh, I'd be quite a happy buyer. At $24, mm. uh, you would be happy in five or ten years' time, but you'd probably in the first little while say, gee, I could have got it a bit cheaper if I'd been patient. So great business, probably a little overpriced at the moment.
1: All right. Thanks, Howard. So uh, pretty similar there to Gary essentially saying it is too expensive at these levels. Uh, Gentlemen, thanks so much for that. I think we did succeed somewhat. I I reckon we did get at least one buy out of you both. (laughs) So thanks for that. Uh, Howard Coleman from Team Invest and Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks, Heather.
0: Cheers, Andrew.
1: All right, let's uh, summarise that second half of the show. Adore Beauty. Gary's saying the res- results are not looking so good. Uh, although, and he, it's a little unclear about the earnings, but he is saying it is a potential buy. Howard saying it's too early for the company. It's too young. Definitely not a buy. Uh, Atlas Arteria, um, return on equity as far as uh, Howard is concerned, way too low, and so that's a no. Gary's saying there are better businesses Uh Uh, but uh, he doesn't mind it, essentially, but uh, still a no. Mineral Resources. Now, (laughs) this is the one we managed to get a buy out of this, I think. Gary's saying it has cooled off. Uh, It's a buy on a decent pullback. And uh, Howard's saying it is the greatest business in its field. Uh, So not a buy for him. He already holds it, but it is certainly a a potential buy for others that don't hold it. Alcidian. uh, Howard's saying a great idea, but it's never made a profit, so it's a no. And uh, Gary, uh, price has come back, but it's still too early. But he's going to keep an eye on it at this point. And um, finally, we had Brickworks there. Gary's saying uh, it's doing everything well, but as a result, it's just looking too expensive at the moment. Howard essentially agreeing, saying if you held it for five years, you'd be pretty happy. But at these levels, it's too expensive. All right, that is our show for today. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, just flick us an email. The call at osbiz.com.au or you can tweet us at osbiztv. And a reminder where to find all the stocks we have in the cause portfolio, you can head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio.